Good afternoon, and welcome to Vintage Orange on KUCI 88.9 FM. I am Ellen Bell, and I'm happy to be with you here. Happy Happy New Year, right? You've heard that enough this week. It is a new year. 2017 is off to a good start. And uh, we are, although it is a new year, we're finishing an old semester. We're finishing up our uh, KUCI schedule from last semester. And um, so I have unfinished business to do before we head on into next week in our new season of Vintage Orange. Uh, A couple of months ago, I did a show where we talked about some of my favorite places in North Orange County to visit that were historic, obviously with the theme of our our show, Orange County History. And uh, in fact, if you want to go and check out that list, and if you haven't been to those places, you can always find this information. The links to everything is on my website at Vintage Orange KUC com. You can just Google Vintage Orange KUCI and you'll find it. Um, also, uh, I have a Facebook page that you can check out, Vintage Orange KUCI, and that'll tell you what's going on in the show. Um, there you can find the podcast in case you miss a show or you just want to find out some more information about what we talk about, so check that out. But anyway, so last couple months ago, I talked about North Orange County, so I think it's only fair that I give South Orange County a little love, and so that's what we're going to be doing today today in the next half hour is talking about um, some of my favorite places in South Orange County to go and uh, get a little feel of local history. So we're going to start our journey and hopefully I'll get through all five of them in a half hour and I won't babble on too much. Uh, Number one, we're going to head down all the way south, appropriate to start down in South County, um, to the very furthest south city that we have in the county, San Clemente, to one of my very favorite Uh, historic places to go and check out. Uh, It's a beautiful spot. Not only is it historic, but it's very pretty. And it's Casa Romantica. Uh, It's, uh, which is an incredible name as it is, but uh, it is. It's a beautiful place. It's a cultural center down there in uh, San Clemente. And it was the former home of a man by the name of Ole Hansen. And Ole Hansen's story, uh, he came to this area, uh, Orange County, in 1925, pre-Depression era, and Ole Hansen was a dreamer. He was a guy who had this vision, and he wanted to build this Spanish village by the sea. And so he bought 2,000 acres, and he started to develop this town that he envisioned. And he wanted it to be kind of like a Spanish, beautiful, colonial, revival-style uh resort town right there by the sea and he couldn't have found a prettier spot and so he started work at this and in uh, 1925 or thereabouts he starts building San Clemente and you know long before Irvine we always think of Irvine and Mission Viejo as being our master planned communities but but long before then there was San Clemente because Ole Hansen he really had he wanted everything to go through strict architectural standards and he actually when he sold the lots to San Clemente he was actually um, requiring that all the buildings in his town go through an, a strict architectural standards board or a committee review. And so it's, you know, so before Irvine was beige, you had San Clemente and its red tile roofs. It was definitely the precursor. And so when you go down to San Clemente and visit, you will see these original buildings. Casa Romantica was Ole Hansen's home. It was his family home uh, that he built in 1927. And San Clemente's got this really interesting geography. Um, Hansen designed it to be like an amphitheater. And if you imagine it as like a big 
outdoor bowl uh, amphitheater that all of the houses kind of go up in tiers uh, facing the ocean, with the ocean being the stage. And Ole Hansen's home, Casa Romantica, was on a bluff, basically in the front row. And a great view. It overlooks San Clemente Pier and uh, just everywhere you see these majestic views of the Pacific when you go there. Um, so the story with Ole Hansen, the depression happens, and unfortunately he loses everything. Uh, he goes bankrupt. A lot of He had invested a lot of his own money in developing San Clemente and building these these uh, public buildings that they had there for the, for the community members. In fact, the Ole Hansen Beach House, or Beach Club, has just recently been renovated by the city of San Clemente. It's still there, uh, fortunately. And uh, so there are some of these preserved buildings, and Casa Romantica is certainly one of them. So if you go there today, it, as I mentioned, it's a cultural center, and they are open. You can go in and tour, walk around, but you can also um, go, they have events there. You can become a member of the uh, society there, Casa Romantica, and uh, then you'll get information about all kinds of events they have. They have concerts, they have movies, lectures, um, art gallery exhibits. Uh, they even have yoga on Wednesday mornings, which I am determined to check out one of these weeks. Um, so it's really a wonderful cultural center, a treasure for us to have still in Orange County. And uh, you really should check it out. But if you do, make sure you bring your camera because it has amazing views. So number one on my list, Casa Romantica in San Clemente. Okay, so number two, we're going to move further up the coast to my hometown, I am an Irvine person. We are here on the campus of UC Irvine. So it's appropriate that I have an Irvine place on my list. And where I want you to go is to the Katie Wheeler Public Library. Now, this is a place that's over on the border, uh, North Irvine, uh, the border almost to Tustin there at Jamboree and Irvine Boulevard. And if you go there, if, in fact, if you're going to the Marketplace Shopping Mega center there on Jamboree. And if you go just a little bit past that towards the foothills at the corner of Jamboree and Irvine, you will see this kind of grove of orange trees off to the right-hand side. And peeking out above the trees, you'll see this white building, a really pretty lovely home, um, like a mansion, a Georgian mansion there. And that is the Katie Wheeler uh, Public Library. It was built not too long ago, 2007, I believe, and it is an exact replica of the Irvine family home. The Irvine... Irvine itself, as, as I've mentioned many times on this show, was a large agricultural ranch owned by the Irvine family. It was called the Irvine Ranch. And the center, the nerve center of their this big, massive ranch that was here uh, was the Irvine ha Agricultural Headquarters, which is right there where the Katie Wheeler Library is today. So if you go and visit this place... Um, Luckily for us, not only did the did the home, which had been demolished in the late sixties, um, was it rebuilt exactly as to the the blueprints that they used before. So you can actually go into this library. You can see the rooms as pretty much as they were when the Irvines lived there, as far as the layout of things. Uh, the the uh, you walk in and there's the staircase, this beautiful staircase up to the second floor. All over the walls are pictures of the Irvine family, and uh, so you really get a sense that this was a home. This isn't. This is kind of the center of this important 
important family to Orange County history, and you can kind of imagine what it was like for them to be living there. You go outside and you walk around the library, and the grounds are very much as it would have been back in that day. The the entryway with the palm trees lining it. Um, they're very tall and spindly now because they were planted in the early 1900s by James Irvine, who uh, was the patriarch of the family at the time and pretty much ran things on the Irvine Ranch. So you can see his the trees. You can see the the wrought iron fences that were there from the original home, and and really feel like you're taking a step back in time. Another wonderful part about the Irvine or the Katie Wheeler Library is it's in the middle of the Irvine Ranch Historic Park. Now, what this is, I mentioned it was the agricultural headquarters there, but those buildings, it was where James Irvine's office was. It was where the oh the bunkhouse for workers, some of the tenant homes for people, ranch managers lived there, the carriage barns where they kept the mules, where they had the mess hall. So basically it was the center of activity for the Irvine Ranch. Good news for us is many, if not most of those buildings, have been preserved. Uh, The O.C. Parks is now responsible for the buildings there, and they have renovated them. And they are not open to the public. They're not museum space. They actually use them for office and retreat and and meeting space, uh, which was very important for the OC parks. But what they did as a benefit to the community is they renovated these buildings as they were on the outside. So when you walk around this Irvine Ranch Historic Park, you can see the mess hall as it was, and it's beautifully repainted, and and it looks kind of as it was when it was new. And then they've put placards out in front of these historic buildings. So when you walk around them, you can go and see, you know, what each of the building's purpose was, when they were built, who built them, and really give you a sense of what life was like back when this was a working agricultural ranch, one of the largest privately owned ranches in the world. Um, I like the Irvine Ranch headquarters as far as an Orange County perspective because this is really not just Irvine's history, but this is what agriculture was like pretty much in in Orange County in general. It's a good representation of not only what the Irvines were doing, but what the O'Neills were doing further south, uh, what the Seegerstroms were doing. So you get a sense of what agriculture was like in Orange County at that period of time and how important this area was. I mean, Orange County was truly uh, an agricultural hub. That was that was the the game, the big game in town, certainly before uh, World War II changed things a bit. but um, So yeah, check that out. Not only can you go to the Katie Wheeler Library, which is open, it's a public library, everybody can go there pretty seven days a week, um, but also take a stroll around the Irvine Ranch uh, Historic Park and read those placards, learn about those buildings, and get a sense of what life was here before. Okay, so two down, we're on to number three, and I think it's about time that we head down to the beach. If you're going to talk about South Orange County, you must include the coast and the beach. And so I think the best, one of my favorite places to get a little bit of history flavor here is to go down to Newport Harbor. And Newport Harbor in itself actually is just one big historic place, if you think about it. I mean, I know a lot of people come there just as a tourist, and they, they go to the beach, they they go take a boat ride, they go have a great fish dinner, you know, they, they enjoy it as a tourist. But what it really is, is one of our main uh, historic centers that we have here in Orange County. And it tells a lot of the story of what development was like at that time. 
primarily a good place to start with this history tour, I would suggest, would be to go to Balboa Island. And you might have gone down there before to, you know, have a Balboa bar, a frozen banana, walk around, get some saltwater taffy and a t-shirt and, and enjoy the beach lifestyle that's there at Balboa. But you may not know the story behind it. And it really, again, it was a story behind another promoter developer, a guy by the name of William S. Collins. And Collins came to the area. He wanted to develop and promote and and kind of uh, create a, a tourist a destination there. Um, in 19, 1906, we had the, the Pacific Electric Red Cars were kind of moving their way down the coast. This was uh, Henry Huntington's uh, red car train that was coming down from L.A. It had, it had gone to Huntington Beach already, hence the name Huntington, and it was moving down all the way down to the end of Balboa Peninsula. And so by 1906, this track had come all the way down and people were able to leave Los Angeles and very easily come down in this little red car train and go to the beach and explore some of these beach communities that they were very interested in in developing as tourist destinations. And that's when you get the Balboa Peninsula, uh, Pavilion, excuse me, is built in 1906 to be this large destination. You know, if you're going to come to the end of a train line, you better have something for people to do when they get off the train. And it's funny, if you ever see a picture of early Balboa Peninsula when the, the pavilion was newly built, there really isn't much around it. I mean, it, it's pretty barren. There aren't lovely palm trees and all of this stuff. It's sand and the pavilion. And so what William Collins wanted to do is he saw a, uh, he didn't see sand, he saw money. He thought he was going to be able to develop this and sell lots of land to people who'd wanted to come down and have little getaways down there. So he started promoting this. He started advertising in the Pasadena area, which was very largely connected with Huntington and his the train, um, the Pacific Railroad. And so they were advertising in the Pasadena area for people to come down to Newport Harbor and to get a little place of your own. And he started, uh, you know, he started selling lots and things like that, encouraging this. But he wanted to build this little island. And Newport Harbor at that time was really, um, it didn't look like it does today. It wasn't this wide open, easy, navigable place to be. It was just a collection of all these little sandbars and you had to really be good to, to kind of pilot your way through there. And so Collins, what he did is there was this island called Snipe Island and he's, he, it was basically just a big sandbar or a sand spit and he started to dredge and he got a dredger he started to build up this island and he basically man-made created Balboa Island and that happened the beginning of the dredging started around 1908 and so he eventually had this island that he had built up and he started selling lots on it and he was advertising them for $600 for a lot inland 750 for a coastal one a waterfront lot which by the way would be an amazing deal if you could get one of those waterfront Balboa Island lots today for $750 um, he did a few little rudimentary things on the island, but but not much. And so the initial 
the initial advertisements wasn't very successful. It didn't take off right away, and he had to sell out a lot of these. In fact, some of them were sold as little as twenty-five bucks just to be able to to kind of get some people there. And so, Balboa Island didn't take off right away. And part of it was because it just really was barren and desolate. And what people were were doing is they weren't building these lavish homes, not by any means. They were building basically it was one step above camping, and they were kind of shelters or lean-tos or tents. And and uh, people would come down, and basically, this was, you know, the the main draw to Newport Harbor was just the weather. I mean, if you imagine in the era before air conditioning, how uncomfortable some of those inland communities would be in the summertime. And so, you know, Balboa Island and Newport Harbor offered a, a blissful retreat for those people up in Pasadena. And so they would come down, and they just wanted to have a break and get in the the sea air and enjoy that. Um, but there really wasn't much for them to do. And Collins, as most promoters are, uh, salesmen, they're not always so great on the follow-up. And he didn't really follow through on what he promised there. Like I mentioned, that the improvements were very basic. Uh, the sidewalks were just little flimsy sidewalks. There was no uh great protection from any kind of flooding. The sewer system was not non-existent, really. There was no power. And so... Um, kind of started to flounder a bit and people were abandoning their their lots and their their encampments there and then in 1916 Balboa Island was incorporated or it was part of the annexed into the city of Newport Beach and that's when the city the civic tax dollars and all of things could complete some of these improvements that Collins had promised and the Balboa Island Improvement Association formed in 1918 and they really ever since even to this day are very involved in keeping that island going and keeping the improvements the parks and all of the things on there going well so yeah Balboa Island is just a wealth of history go down there next time you go down just to kind of enjoy the harbor, uh, look at it with some new eyes, and stop in at the Balboa Island Museum. A great, great spot. It's right over the, the bridge on Marine. Just as soon as you cross the bridge, it'll be on your right-hand side, and they're open every day, um, except for Mondays. I think they're closed, so check that out. All right, we've been through three count them one two three historic places in southern Orange County, and so now it's time for number four which is uh, a really, really, really cool place. And I guarantee that there are many, many people listening have never, ever, maybe not even heard of it and certainly not even been there. Uh, It's tucked back away into the canyon country of Orange County uh, in Majeska Canyon, uh, which is properly named. It's a place called Arden. And Arden is this beautiful little home. Um, actually, it's not that little. It's lovely. It's kind of sizable. And it was the home of Helena Majeska, who was a, a famous Polish actress uh, who came to the United States in 1876. She came here then. But she'd already become a, a big star in her native Poland. Uh, but they... She emigrated with her husband and her son, and they came here to Anaheim. And if you know your Orange County history, you know that Anaheim already had settlements of people that had come here. The Los Angeles uh, Vineyard Society had come in 1857 to kind of settle and start growing grapes here. And what Majeska and her compatriots, other artists, they wanted, they envisioned this um, artist colony, like a utopian dream place where they would all grow their own food and they would have their own, um, you know, tend to their own land and be able to create and have this beautiful 
lovely Mediterranean climate place, and it would just be lovely. And so they did come here. They invested a lot of money in in making this change coming here to Anaheim. Um, But unfortunately, their dreams really did not come true. These artists knew basically nothing about farming or ranching or cattle and and had kind of naively jumped into this new uh, utopian project uh, without really thinking it through. So it didn't really pan out as they wanted. It, it kind of uh, fell apart. The, the settlement fell apart. People left it. And um, Helena Majeska was left with her family and not a lot of money. They'd kind of lost a lot in this, this kind of dream of theirs. So what she did, she was a very industrious, not only was she talented, but she was a very uh, forthright woman. She, she went for what she wanted, a great role model. And she went back to the stage and taught herself English. She learned and and was able to become uh, not only a wonderful actress, but she was able to incorporate a whole new language and became even more of a famous uh, actress than she had been in her native Poland. Um, Helena Majeska was a huge, huge celebrity. She was very well known all over the country. Um, everywhere she would perform and she would go, she was a Shakespearean actress, uh, primarily, but she was just regarded as the most fine actress of her day. And whenever she would come, she would go on tours all over the country in this special train car that was equipped just for her. And they would have celebrations and they would give her presents and things. And and uh, she just, in a, in a day like we have today where people can become famous so easily and, and so quickly, that instant fame, um, it's kind of hard to imagine her fame and how how well known she was in an age before uh, movies, television, media. Um, she just kind of her her reputation preceded her, and she really was a treasure. And so she was a very very famous, very successful actress, and she wanted to be able to have a place where she could retreat from it all. And uh, so she and her husband they came back to Orange County here, and they found uh, a place in this the. Uh, the, the canyons back in Orange County canyons and they it's now called Majeska Canyon um, but they found this place and they built a home that was meant to be this just a, a, an escape from everything and they called it Arden and the reason it's called Arden because there was the forest setting from the Shakespeare play As You Like It. And uh, that's the setting. If you visit Arden today, which thankfully has been restored and is um, uh, open for tours occasionally. It's a little hard to get in there, but you can go in and tour it. Um, it's run by the OC Parks, takes care of it. And uh, it is, it's like this fairy tale setting back in the forest back there. Like you really, if you go to Arden, you really have to be committed to it because you have to kind of find its, find your way back on these little windy roads and get back in there. But it is so peaceful and tranquil and lovely. And that's exactly what she wanted to create. And when you go on tour in Arden, you, you go in into the house and the uh, the tour guides will take you through there it's all of her a lot of her old um, her furniture her things there's um, artifacts and things that were part of her family and Arden was really her retreat place I mean she was an incredibly famous woman but when she was in Arden she wanted 
to have peace and she wanted to be able to cook for her family she loved being able to um, just do her crafts her 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 own thing she liked to be able to read poetry and write and just be unplugged <laughs> in an age before we were plugged but she wanted to retreat and you can really get a sense that this was a beloved place for her and her family which was extremely important to her so definitely do yourself a favor it takes about a day to enjoy the whole thing but um, go on the OC Parks website and again check my website for the the links and uh, find out when they are conducting tours you'll be very glad that you visited Arden so that was my number five and so yes we're almost to the end of my half hour here I still have a little bit of time left to give you number five now granted this is not in a kind of order I love all these places equally but number five is a spot that I go to probably more than all the others I'm there all the time it's San Juan Capistrano and um, you'd say well duh you know of course you love history you'd be going to the mission at San Juan Capistrano that was kind of the beginnings of our history or one of our oldest places but the place I want you to check out is not just the mission which I do love but I want you to walk across the street go over the tracks to the Los Rios historic district and what Los Rios is it is the oldest remaining residential street in California. So that in alone makes it worth your visit. But Los Rios is this little charming uh, collection of, of homes. And uh, it, was, it was started in 1794 when they built 40 adobes there. And these were places for the, the soldiers and the workers and the people who were helping to protect and to build the mission and maintain it. And so this was kind of their, their little neighborhood area. And uh, the street, the main street there, it, it was kind of the main street all the way down. It used to lead all the way down to Dana Point Harbor, which uh, then at that time was called San Juan Bay. So this was definitely a very important roadway. It was where they all lived in this this old residential area. And so when you when you go to Los Rios, uh, it's to me what I love about it is I, I get a chance to get off the five freeway that's you know flying by there. I pull off there and I park my car, and I can walk down this street that is pretty much looking very much as it was for just decades and decades and decades and the families um, some of them are still there that in fact the Rios family who had one of the original adobes um, that house is still standing and it's still occupied and owned by the Rios family and so generations of that family have either lived there or worked there and it's still part of them and that is just incredibly rare I mean not only um, in Orange County but anywhere and and so you can walk down the street and under those shady big shady trees and it's just a completely different change of pace the light is different there I don't know how else to describe it it's just a little softer it's pretty um, the, a lot of the old homes and things have been converted into cute little shops there's a, a tea room there there's a great coffee shop there so there's just some wonderful things to go in and experience um, but it's still very much a neighborhood I mean you'll be walking down the street and you know you have to kind of a car will go by um, that'll kind of remind you that people live down this way maybe maybe if you're lucky somebody will be going by on their horse I mean, it really, and, and yet you're only 
I don't know, less than a mile from the freeway on-ramp, but you really feel like you've gone away. And um, one of my tips to, if you want to treat yourself and you're down in Los Rios, you have to go to the Ramos House Cafe, which is, uh, hands down, one of my very favorite restaurants in Orange County. And it is in one of these little houses that was built in the late 1800s, a little Borden Batten house. And it is the, the restaurant and the home of the proprietor, John Humphreys, and he, he opened uh, the Ramos House Cafe in 1994, and it's it's just kind of, he took this little house where he, uh, like I said, it's a residence as well, and he built a, expanded the kitchen on the back and put some tables out on his patio, and that's where you go. You go and you have either breakfast or lunch, that's when it's open, and um, just sit out there, listen to some great jazz blues music uh that he plays out there um have some wonderful southern inspired american cuisine excellent excellent food one of the best bloody marys you'll find in orange county just saying so uh it's just really a lovely treat and so los rios historic district put that on your list of places to go and so there you have it south orange county I love you. I'm out there all the time checking it out. And so make sure you do the same. That's a big reason why I do this show. I, I want to tell people the stories about Orange County, but I really want to encourage all of the people listening to go out and experience it for yourself. It is the gift that we have. It's a gift you can give to yourself. Most of these places are free. You can just walk through them and um, it just takes you back, gives gives you a chance to breathe and uh, see the stories, why this place is the way it is today. It's because of what happened before. So thank you. This is Vintage Orange on KUCI 88.9 FM. I am Ellen Bell. And I'm going to be sitting in um, the next half hour, and I'm filling in for Trendy Talk. So I will be back with more Orange County history for you um, after a little short break.